Carl here from Games, Brains and a Headbanging Life, GBHBL.com for short. And I am super pleased to be chatting with the Swedish hard rockers, Dead Lord. It is an absolute pleasure to be speaking to you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I've been working all day in the guitar shop where I spend my time when I'm not out touring. And uh, it's really sweaty, but apart from that, it's really nice. Oh, so music's intricately linked into your life. Yes, yes. It's um, coming quite handy at times, you know. Uh, if there's a band that you really like and they have busted guitars and you fixing them, maybe you could, you know, sneak a little record into their gig bags or whatever. <laughs> An opportunity to network. To yeah. But How's you life? know, Sweden is pretty much everyone knows each other. You know, all bands know each other. So it's it's like one small city, basically, mm. the music scene here. That small, because we, we've spoken to a fair few Swedish bands in the last few weeks. It's been quite interesting across the wide array. So how's life been for you over the last few months in regards to, well, the world we live in now, the COVID times? Uh, frustrating, you know, releasing an album with no shows to be played. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, trying to compensate with going for these, you know, web streamed things, mm. which generally are like, you know, running into the library and shouting for full lungs. Like it feels so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get nothing back. But you know, it is what it is. You not find yourself uh, comfortable with those live streams then? I mean, you know, it's more like a rehearsal with mm. someone holding a camera in your face. The weird part is, isn't the playing. I mean, it's, we know how to do that. It's just the not getting anything back. So, like, that's what you feed off when you're playing a live show. It's like that 14-year-old dude standing and shouting in your face for an hour gives you sort of, you know, connection. Or he, he, he tells you where it's at, you know. Yeah. So yeah. when you don't have that, it's just really, it's, you don't get that party vibe. You don't get that sort of feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's like a symbiotic relationship. Your energy on stage um, is for us in the crowd, and likewise, our reactions. Totally. To you. Yeah, and also if you're playing a bad song or if you're like playing a terrible show. If you're playing in front of people, they'll happily tell you that it's not good. <laughs> Whereas mm -hmm. if you're standing there on your own, you're like, you might get lost in your own wankage, maybe. <laughs> it's so strange. Instead, you end up doing these live streaming shows, the European Metal Alliance, Into the Grave, Century Media's own Isolation Fest. And um, I guess... You end up obsessing more over the statistics and stats and the views. Yeah, which is boring. I think a lot of bands do that nowadays. They just look at their Instagram and, you know, the more followers, the better. Uh, it's kind of, in my mind, it's been really nice to just have that sort of like, well, did we sell enough tickets this time? That's mm. been my, sort of my, my way of measuring, which, which I think is the proper way of doing it. But, you know, yeah, it isn't quite as fun to just update the web page to, to see how many views you got. Uh, it's not really, <laughs> no. doesn't give me anything. But it is part of being in a modern band, unfortunately. 
yep, we'll just hope that it this COVID thing just mellows down a bit at least. There was some benefit, I think, as well of these live streams, like particularly the European Metal Alliance, because that was um, for the UK's Bloodstock Festival was a major replacement for uh, our, us in this country. And uh, you were on that. And that gave you great exposure in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, but that's the same with, you know, any festivals. Like, even if you play the most terrible slot uh, festivals, they're usually this kind of place where people who just happen to pass by with, you know, eating a sausage and they hear some sort of Swedish rock in the... Uh, oh, you know, in the horizon, they, they usually check it out and maybe gain one or two listeners from that. Uh, so I, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's great to have this thing rather than nothing. Mm. But I prefer live shows, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, as well during this period, you've not been sitting around twiddling your thumbs. We're now in the twilight period of the release of your new album, Surrender. How are you feeling about it? Uh. I'm fairly proud, you know. I think pretty much every band uh, always, you know, they always think that their latest album is the best album <laughs> and whatnot. So I'm going to try not to go there. But, uh, you know, it was fun. We did this thing as a three-piece because um, Ulla, uh, our guitar player, had left the band. And we were kind of, you know, we had a meeting uh, and we were like... Uh, you know, discussing should we do another album? I mean, you know, uh, okay, let's do it as a three-piece, and if people like it, then we'll just get out playing. Uh, and it actually ended up being really fun. You know, me and Martin, uh, we both played guitar and bass on different mm -hmm. tracks, and it was kind of challenging to, first of all, play the bass because it's really, really hard. It's probably the most difficult instrument there is, in my Absolutely. opinion. And that and tambourine is really hard. <laughs> uh, but then also, you know, we the other albums were recorded live in the studio. Uh, and this time we had to, like, put down one track at a time, which is kind of, you know, confusing in my mind. Because if you're standing there and you're recording and you, you're standing, like, as a full band and you're just doing it, you know if it's a good take or not. You can hear it. But if you're starting off with drums and then you add a guitar, it's kind of, you know, you don't really know where it's going until you pretty much put down the vocals. So that was kind of... An emotional roller coaster, I guess I'd say. Absolutely, almost like, dare I say, starting again and changing up entirely how you've operated from the previous albums. Yeah. yeah. Ter um, almost terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, uh, there were a few nights there when we were in the studio, and I went home and I felt like the worst musician alive. Mm. Um, but then, you know, the reward is uh, the album when it. You, when you get it, when you get to hear the mixes and it actually sounds pretty decent, that's kind of, you know, makes it all worth it. I'm not one of those who particularly, yeah, I don't really enjoy recording. Mm. I, I prefer playing live, you know. So, you know, it's it's a thing that you do and it's, it, it's, a, it's a creative thing, you know. But um, it's kind of frustrating. It's like you're scratching an itch and you can't really find the itch. <laughs> So it's, I also, you only get that shot, then you have to wait to the next album if you, if you mess something up. That is true. Well, it's got to relax you a little bit that the reactions to the singles released so far has been very positive. Um, does that take some of the pressure off? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's nice. Uh, 
the opposite would have sucked. So yeah. you know, it's it's it's, it's fun, but it's uh, still you know uh, we have one more single to go, and then the album will be out. So we'll see. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Until that full thing's out, you can't gauge the overall uh, thoughts no. of your fans. No, but I got, I got a good vibe. Yeah, that's what I think the point of the singles is, right? And the comments and the reaction to it is it starts that vibe and I guess everybody starts thinking and focusing on Dead Lord. And then when you're in that zone sometimes, um, it works out better. Yeah. So what about some of the themes or ideas behind it um just looking and cursory glancing at the album artwork is incredibly eye-catching and the title of surrender seems very pointed was there a unified goal here or was it a matter of just what sounded good uh well first of all when you name something it, it needs to sound good so that was you know pretty cool word <laughs> yeah uh but yeah a lot of the songs are you know kind of touching on topics that are kind of, you know, from, you know, from our time, kind of depressing, mm. almost pol politics, you know, stuff like that. And instead of singing in a preaching way, you know, sort of Rage Against the Machine style, just preaching to the listeners, I thought it was more enjoyable and fun for the listener to, if, if you, you know, if I sang from the viewpoint of the villain or the bad guy. So uh, that sort of narrative is, is kind of throughout the album with a few little heartbreak, uh, personal heartbreaks that ended up being songs as well. But they're all like sort of, I think Surrender works really well if you, if you listen to the album. Absolutely. And it's interesting because like both feet of Dead Lord rooted in the classic rock signature sound, the expectation is that you'd be mostly avoiding um, musical statements, strong musical statements, and instead just kind of go for energetic, catchy, memorable, feel-good moments. But you do. Both apply here, strong musical statements and the energetic, catchy, and memorable numbers. How easy was it for you to balance that? Well, the rule is, or the equation is, the, the more depressing the topic, uh -huh. the snappier the song needs to be <laughs> <laughs> so you know if you get really really terrible and depressing things write a major song that's that's cool no yeah. i mean you know i don't really think in those terms uh I, I get inspired from things that are happening in the world that i can't do anything about and if, for some reason that sort of feeling makes me want to write songs and then mm. i do and I just try to make them somewhat, you know, good rock tunes. That That's pretty much it, you know. Uh, but sometimes it kind of feels, you know, that you need to maybe have another faster one on there because it's kind of, you know, you need to balance it out. But yeah. uh, mostly I just try to write songs. And this is what you end up with, which is incredible. Sounds so simple. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, well, it's a lot of anxiety. Uh, comes into uh, writing or like the whole creative process for me because I'm one of those people who uh, I usually went I wait until like you know just before deadline mm -hmm. uh, whatever that de deadline may be you know writing lyrics because you go and record them in the studio next day or uh, presenting a song to the band on next rehearsal or maybe doing a record cover artwork 
for some reason, just around four, five in the morning is when I get the most done. Oh wow! Yeah, it's terrible, terrible way of working. No one likes it. Not me. Not our, not our management. Not my bandmates. <laughs> Uh, but it works for some reason. I was going to say, you have you um, even considered trying it differently? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of course, you know, I, I I tend to like have. I, well, I imagine, or I would like like to think that I uh, try to be somewhat prepared. You know, two weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, I never really. Um, end up being like on my toes if it's not you know knife to your throat that sort of situation so it's just uh, it's awful yeah so you know anxiety and then it happens the end result seems to be at least somewhat worth it yeah yeah totally otherwise i wouldn't do it of course yeah <laughs> um we love pigeonholing bands in rock and metal. It's the favourite thing to do. Take a band, define what they sound like, and put you in a genre. It happens to you, Deadlord. Um, and unfortunately, the word dated gets thrown out a lot, particularly when it comes to modern takes on that classic sound. What do you say to those who would dismiss you based on preconceived ideas about what you sound like? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's I don't, if they don't want to like the music or listen to it, that's fine. I don't, I don't, you know, crave that everyone even you know listens because people don't want to listen. They have their <laughs> ideas. They want to go places. They want to, you know. Uh, so I'd rather just appreciate the people that do like the band. Is this yep. the most boring answer ever? Might be. but it's true i mean i don't really you know hold grudges i'm not one of those people you know who's jealous about things or you know uh i generally don't really think too much about people you know in general um if you get a terrible review you know a shit sandwich that would suck and that can sort of get to you uh but you know all, all in all people a lot of people are differently wired when it comes to a lot of things so you know that's kind of comforting to know that there are a lot of assholes out there maybe those are the people that don't like my music Absolutely. <laughs> and all the good guys yeah and ultimately as well you know the score you've been doing this long enough um not music divides you're not going to please everybody no and um uh, you know I think everyone has this friend or, you know, meets people in the pub who's like this bullshitting sort of people. Mm. Uh, and I have a hard time with that. I mean, you know, engaging in that or bonding over it because it's like, you know, if you do anything, that's better than doing nothing. And generally the people who are kind of, you know, bullshitting, they're mostly into just criticizing other people, not really being creative. Uh, themselves so even if someone makes the suckiest album ever they made an album and that's you know an achievement yes but i think people find some sort of you know their identity in disliking things and it's a sort of you know way of trying to be someone i guess yeah or finding oneself yeah that's what they want to do i get it um, 
you talked about obviously the inability to go out live. Um, have you kind of come to terms with that? Are you feeling comfortable with it, considering it's pretty much every band now? Uh, I mean, you know, it's nice to have, have a summer where you don't have to, you know, fly everywhere or, you know, uh, if you like a few years ago, we toured so the whole year away, and that was kind of you know, crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of exhausting. So this is more like a sort of a break from that thing, mm. uh, which is it's it's kind of nice. But of course, you know, I miss the playing shows and also miss the money because it's <laughs> <laughs> they're they're needed the cash. Absolutely, it's something. Uh... Everyone always kind of forgets this is a source of income for bands, your merch sales and stuff like that. And sure, you can buy stuff online, but I imagine uh, the sales online compared to sales at a show are quite different. Yeah, and also the fees, you know, when you mm. play in like these live stream things, you get maybe a few hundred euros tops if, if they're feeling that like they want to spend some money on you, which feeling generous. A lot of, uh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of, a lot of these festivals or whatever they're called, uh, don't really seem to think it's worth it. If the, they don't have to supply a venue, or whatever their reasoning is. But yeah, no money if there are no shows. Yep, no money, no shows. We'll have no bands. So get out <laughs> there and support these guys. Yeah, did you see that? That was a really sneaky way of me telling people to buy our merch. <laughs> I thought I'd fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think Dead Lord excels, though? Studio or live? Like if, live. If I've never. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, no doubt about it. Uh, which is like, I've been thinking a lot, which is worse? Like, sounding better live or sounding better on the album because like if people go to your show or like they see you at the festival and the, then they buy your album they'll go home and be somewhat disappointed maybe really? uh is the opposite better like being all right live and then being super great on the album i don't think so no mm. better to be because then you leave them hungry for more and they'll come to the next show so yeah absolutely um that's yeah. what that's you know that's what we are about we are we are we are a live band and from the start you know we've been trying to play as much as we possibly could and uh, that's our way of kind of getting around seeing the world and uh, uh, getting old without realizing it I guess because <laughs> these eight years have been yeah they went by fast. You wake up and suddenly um, there's a bit more of a gut a few grey hairs you didn't know you had. Well, the shirts are, they're a bit, they seem smaller now, I don't know. <laughs> what plans then, if any, that you can talk about, do you perhaps have in the work over the next 12 months? I know you have a European tour with the excellent Lucifer in November of 2021. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, yep. We had a few summer festivals asking us if we wanted to play uh, next year instead of this so that's kind of not really set in stone yet because you know it's kind of hard making plans that far uh, ahead so it's yeah it's mostly the lucifer thing uh, hopefully it will happen uh, i'm really dying to get out there it's a long wait so fingers crossed and there's always watch this space with dead lord <laughs> i also want to see martin play double shows 
<laughs> that's uh, that's going to be pretty exhausting by the end. Yeah. Well, he plays the guitar, though. It would have been worse if he played the drums, you know. Yeah. But yeah, right. gladly we, we're the supporting acts. He'll be nice and fresh uh, when we're playing, and then he'll be kind of sludgy. <laughs> Which kind of suits the music, I don't know. Yeah, I think it works. And, you know, yeah. you're young enough. Yes. Finally, before you go, there's some strong moustache game going on Dead Lord. Any advice mm -hmm. for those would-be moustache growers? Uh, yeah, Adam had a, you know, he had a hard time with this uh, moustache. <laughs> and I always said from, from the start, you know, you sh a moustache needs time. It needs time. You know, a lot of people try or a lot of boys, men, I don't know, try to, you know, grow a, a real cool one, you know, mm. a solid, thick one. But then they give up when they reach the sort of in-between phase. That's where you need to be strong. That's where you need to just have patience, you know, because eventually it will come and you'll be happy. You'll have a mustache. Be patient. That is yeah. words to put on a wall. Yeah, be patient and your moustache will show up. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for?